Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today, Listener Request Month continues. It's Dudes on Demand. Ah, that was quite an intro. Yeah. (laughs) And we're capping it off with Drew's request from Facebook. He says he wants us to do 1950s Rocket Ship XM, directed by Kurt Newman and starring Lloyd Bridges. But before we do that, we usually talk about what we've been watching, but we wanted to take a moment to like tell you guys how much we really appreciate that you are listening to us. Yes. Uh, our audience has been growing. January's been a really good month for us, and listener request is always really fun. Uh, so we really appreciate it. Yes. We, we love that you guys are out there and that you're making yourselves known, and um, we just really appreciate everything you've done. This is, this is all for you. Yeah. So what we're going to start doing is... Um, we get a lot of responses to our list question of the weeks. So we're going to do a special bonus episode each month where we'll go through each question from the last month and mm-hmm. just talk about all the answers we got. And we should give our answers, too, I think. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, so it'll be really fun. Uh, you get a bonus episode every month now, folks. So, Pretty much. So uh, there you go. And uh, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. We couldn't even do a bonus episode if you guys weren't out there interacting with us. Right. So thank you so much. And the coolest part is we've got a voicemail now, Dave. That's so right. You can call in and put all the trash you want on there. <laughs> Please be nice to us. Yeah. But the phone number is 304-804-DUDE. 304-804-3833. It, it works perfectly, doesn't it? Isn't it great? Yeah. Or you can always email us or hit us up on social media, too. All that stuff still exists. All that's good. But use the voicemail, man, because we'll, we'll play your you know call-ins that's on right. that episode and mm-hmm. interact with you that way. Yep. So now, let's get into the normal show. Let's talk about what we've been watching, Dave. What have you been watching? Um, I watched The Man Who Fell to Earth. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, the movie, the Nicholas Rigg movie with uh, David Bowie. Mm-hmm. And um, it's pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. I've never seen it. It's not like other science fiction movies that kind of move along. This is like, there's a lot of like lyricism on display and just, you know, it's still the ideas behind it are great. And David Bowie, his movie career has... It, it, it was really an original career. I mean, I, I guess because yeah. he, he just appeared in films like maybe every couple of years, he would just show up like totally unexpectedly, whether he was starring yeah. in it or not. You know, I remember yeah. like like Last Temptation of Christ, he's just playing Pontius Pilate, and then <laughs> like in in uh, the Nolan, uh, the Prestige, he's yeah, he's, he's, he's Tesla. Tesla, yeah, and- yeah. He just shows up. Like yeah. you said, yeah, it's, it's not a big fanfare nope. or anything. It's like, oh my God, David Bowie's in this new movie. Hey, there's David Bowie. Sweet. And I mean, like he, he could have been a full-time actor. He's that good. Mm-hmm. And his presence is so undeniable. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this movie especially, like re- it's a really interesting movie. And uh, yeah, if, if you've got movie, it's streaming right now. Ah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'll have to check it out. Yep. I watched 1949's White Heat. The James Cagney film. Nice. About him and leading a gang and that kind of stuff. Right. A James Cagney type role that uh, he's so known for. Yeah. This is a great movie. He's at his best in this film. Uh-huh. He's a scary dude. <laughs> uh, and, you know, he's talking like James Cagney. There's one scene when he's telling the story of Troy. Yes. <laughs> the Trojan horse. <laughs> he's like, see, there's a bunch of fellas waiting outside the door. And, uh, oh, yeah. I've never heard that story told that way. It's no. fantastic. Um, and, and even like the cops in the movie, like it's not stupid stuff. It's like all makes sense. It's well written. And yeah, it's just a very good, you know, gangster movie from Warner Brothers. Right. So good. 
Yeah, I love that movie, and and it's so weird when you mention James Cagney. It's like a typical James Cagney performance, and he he's such an interesting guy because he didn't like doing that stuff. I know he wanted to do other things. Right, he, like he did. He used to do singing and yeah. everything. He said, "I'm a song and dance man," mm-hmm. and he he did a lot of Broadway stuff. And and his best actor performance was in Yankee Doodle yeah. Dandy. Uh, where he got to do the things he likes to do. Mm-hmm. He was really great at being a tough guy, so that's what they cast him as. Yep. Poor, poor Cagney, yeah. man. <laughs> but I love him. Yes. So now let's talk about Rocket Ship XM, Dave. All right. Why don't you give everyone a synopsis? So, Except uh, the women. Yeah, God. Yes, let's get oh into God. that. I guess we'll just get into that right away. This is a this is a, a, a 1950s society in which like women are are... I mean, it's in the first part of oh, the okay. first line. The first line of the movie, pretty much, is just you know the. Huh, okay, All right, the synopsis. The synopsis. Okay. Yes, uh, there is a a planned moon mission with uh, a, a crew of five, and they mm-hmm. end up you know going to Mars, and they discover that uh, that there there was an ancient civilization there, mm-hmm. uh, who that is now like uh, resorted to barbarism, and yep. that's. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. And okay, so like the, the, the this kind of movie is I mean it's 1950s science fiction and it's 1950 in particular. Yeah. So it was like real the real this early is days. Early. Yes. Uh, I mean, like these are impossible to criticize in some ways. The, these kinds of films. Well, because they're such of their time. Yeah. You can't ugh, I was reading about it online and they're like, "Well, th- this all this math is wrong." Like they can't trajectory like that way. Yeah, you know it wouldn't mm-hmm. work that way. Yeah, but it's 1950. They haven't even been to space. Like, no, what are you talking about? No, exactly. The, this is 19 years before we land on the moon. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So but, like you can't look back with the knowledge we have now and expect them to get it right. Right. Everything <laughs> in this movie is pretty much just futurism. Yeah. You know they're they're, they're talking about things that that to to them like you said it's it's so strange that 19 years would pass. Which is not a long time, mm. but this feels like a completely different planet that they're on, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just, just from then to then. And a lot of the stuff like that we're, we're going to criticize in this, it is fair game to criticize it because yeah. it's so kind of wretched in places. But like a lot of older sci-fi is still great today. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's okay to criticize this. I mean, right. like The Day the Earth Stood Still is a fantastic film. Mm-hmm. And it's it's made right around this same time, and their ideas about science fiction and they're they're kind of in line with what we feel today. Right. Um, there was progressive attitudes, and I I I will say though that before we get into really ripping on this thing, I like the <laughs> overall philosophy of this movie. I do too. That you know we we gotta we gotta stop nuclear proliferation. Um, that it, it's it's heart is in the right yeah. place in the end. I liked this movie more than I expected to actually. Uh-huh. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Right. Because we found out after we chose this episode, Mystery Science Theater three thousand did an episode of this movie. Yep. We had no clue. So <laughs> no, we we didn't. We're not gonna be doing that. We're not those dudes. And I held off on watching MST three K until after we record this because I didn't. Oh, wanna, so you're you gonna know, go check it out then? Yes. I know you're a big fan. So. Yes, I'm, <laughs> I'm. I'm definitely gonna watch it, but I didn't want to like unconsciously steal anybody's material. Right. You know? Yeah. All right. So we're going in clean, folks. Yeah. All right. So the first line in the movie is about how women are weak, and. Uh, <laughs> Man, this movie sucks. Yeah. God. There's all the the astronauts. There's four dudes and a woman. Four baby men and a woman. Maybe three baby men, a woman, and almost a man. 
<laughs> yes. I guess the, so. the closest thing to a man. Yeah. yeah the, the the lead scientist is the closest thing to a man. Uh-huh. Lloyd Bridges is a baby man. Right. Uh, the Texas guy is a baby man, and the ast- astronomy guy is a baby man. Right. Uh, but they're getting their blood pressure checked or something to go into space, and the only one who has normal blood pressure is the weaker sex, is what one of the men say. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty atrocious. Like, my jaw dropped. I was like, this is how the movie starts? Yeah. I, I, I Good Lord, this society. And in the first five minutes, there's about 18 more jabs yeah, at women. I know. Oh, my God. Like, they're, And they're having this, like... They have a press conference. Yeah, and it's and it's like five minutes before they go to space. I know. It's this this whole media event. <laughs> the countdown. Like, I wrote this down. <laughs> the countdown has been going on since minute one of the movie. Yeah. Like, team, X minus is what it is. Not yeah, T minus. X minus, yeah. X minus 10 minutes. Uh-huh. And they go to have a huge media press conference, <laughs> then have questions. Then they have to get on the rocket ship, like and and like they're in the rocket ship with a couple minutes left, and they're trying to get everything ready, and like the countdown's getting closer to zero, and they're like, "Oh no!" Like, yeah, what would happen if they weren't ready? I mean, exactly. <laughs> like, would it just go? And, and they're, I know, yeah. Would the rocket just take off yeah. without them? Right. That that's a good point. And and they're not even being like. Um, kind of time conscious while they're answering questions. They're they're just standing around kind of like uh, being very casual about everything. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to space in, in what we're told is like two minutes and you're still just standing here answering questions without any sense of urgency. Um, (sighs) And you're still like the, the, the insults and, and the, the, the demeaning of women like, like is just, it's never really solved. It's never really, you know, um, no, never really given a good chance to defend herself. The, the the female on the ship, played by Ona Masson. Yeah, um, she is. She she's talking to some people over on the one side of the room, and Lloyd Bridges is being interviewed on the other side. Oh my god! And like the 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 male <sighs> reporters are like kind of like leering at her the same way Lloyd is, and he says, uh, "Boys, if you ain't a test tube, you ain't got a chance." <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, he says, this is the hottest crew I've ever worked with, especially in the brains department. And he's staring at Osa Massey or whatever. I got her name wrong. But yeah. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Um, Osa is her first name. Osa Masson. I'm sorry. Osa yeah. Masson. Yes. Okay. But yeah, man, it's gross. It is. He's ogling her over there and, and then she's answering questions and they're asking her, what does it feel like to be up there with four men? Well, you know what? What would what, what do you think it feels like? Yes, it feels the same way it does in this room yeah. right now, with uh. all of your eyes on me. And and one of them even says, "Now, why does a woman even need to go? Is there a reason a woman should be on the trip?" That's what and, it is. Yeah. And then I'll give the movie a point for this, a half point, I guess, mm. because then the the lead like scientist in charge of the mission comes, and he says. You know, at least she's qualified or something. Uh-huh. He says something about she's on the mission because she can do her job. Yeah. Not because she's a woman. Right. Uh, but the way he says it's still kind of demeaning. Of course so it like... is. Of course, because he doesn't let her say, you know, <laughs> right. why why she's there. She is really the only qualified astronaut on, <laughs> on the ship. They got a guy from Texas who doesn't know. And... Oh, God. <laughs> and by the way, Noah Beery Jr., behaves like no Texan I have ever met. <laughs> he, th- this guy, th- there's there's special attention and such a big to-do made about him being from Texas. It's like a through line. This is some subplot or something. Well, and he's, he's, he mentions it in almost every like line of dialogue. He has something about the great state of Texas. Well, that's how you develop his character. He has no accent. <laughs> yeah. 
That, we, should, we should make that clear. This man Rick, sounds like James Cagney. He does. <laughs> but he's almost like a a, a, a weird... Um, I, I can't even really describe it. it he, he's a very theatrical James Cagney. Imagine uh, yeah, if yeah. James Cagney it's was... It's a Yankee Doodle Dandy yes, James if, Cagney. If he was doing, like, I don't know. I don't even know what this is. Ugh. Yeah, and he's an, he's a Texan. But, uh, but he's like... The, the one guy, the astronomy guy, he doesn't know anything about anything except astronomy, apparently. <laughs> he's he, he's like a, the hunk of the flight, apparently. Yeah, Chamberlain. Yeah, yeah. you see him with his shirt off later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, uh, it's a Brando moment. <laughs> um, but he says, like, look down there, Texas, it's a mere speck. And then, te- I'm going to call him Tex. Yeah, that's, that's his fine, name that's fine. He's like, Texas, a mere speck. Don't you ever let anyone hear you say that again. Like, what are you talking about? I know, I know. You're on the fucking mission to the moon. Of course Texas looks like a speck. What is wrong with you? You're taking offense to this. <laughs> There's no reason for him to... <laughs> I don't I don't even know what his job is. He's the navigator. He's the nav... Well, but isn't Chamberlain the navigator? Like, the hunk? No, he's the astrologer or some shit. The, I don't know. Oh, I don't, It's God. not an astrologer. It's something else. Okay, but. yeah. He, he's, he's always looking through some kind of viewfinder. I think he's the navigator. Okay. I, I don't know. I know he's the Lloyd... guy with the rifle. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till we get to his rifle. Tex has moment. a rifle. Um, you know what I thought? I actually thought the the rocket launch was kind of exciting. Mm. Like that little sequence there. Okay. It, it has 1950s science fiction special effects. Yeah, of course. Uh, so naturally it looks pretty terrible mm-hmm. from modern perspective, but... I thought it was kind of well done, like the launch and the yeah. sound effects and right. the visuals weren't terrible or anything. Like I thought that launch was actually kind of exciting. Yeah, I get that, the movie gets some points for that. The only thing it it takes points away from me uh, from that sequence is the the close up on everybody's faces. Yeah, um, like w- when you see Lloyd Bridges like feel the G's. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. they put a close up on each on each character, uh-huh. and when they go to Lloyd Bridges, <laughs> he just looks like he's. He ate something gross. <laughs> like it, the look on his face is not. It, it's he's he's got a stomach ache. It, it's it's weird. The thing about the capsule at the top of the rocket ship too is like they're laying down on these cots. Yeah. So that I mean I guess that makes kind of sense. I mean you, yeah you'd lay down mm-hmm. your body spreads out the g force as much as it can right um, instead of just standing like the movie <laughs> got that right I guess yeah so it there did. you go you're right. <laughs> that, that that part of it they, they they do okay but they're like in these gi issued cots they're like netting you know it's it not is. even like a cushion no no it's not <laughs> it, it wouldn't be comfortable to sleep on nor go through a rocket launch no <laughs> and on top of that the, the the gear they're wearing is not an astronaut suit it's not a space They're wearing, suit. like, a mechanic's coveralls. They are. Through the whole thing. <laughs> One guy's got a leather jacket Even on. Even when they're walking on Mars. Nothing. No protection. <laughs> um, they're, they're walking around the ship uh, in, in this stuff. And the ship itself, it, it, it's not what we know a, a shuttle to be. I no. mean, it's not. It, it's, it's confined to a room about the size of the room we're in right now. Yeah. And the, the, the instrumentation... I don't know. Criticizing 1950s special effects yeah. is is dicey, of course. But I mean, they could have, they still could have done more because other movies I've seen had done more. Mm-hmm. They could make the room a little bigger, you know. Yeah. They they could make uh they could they could open this up a little bit. When you see Lloyd Bridges just over on the side of the ship, pulling a lever and looking into <laughs> like uh, so, some kind of screen that has something on it, we don't know. Uh-huh. Um, the gauges aren't digitized. <laughs> 
um, <laughs> which I know you didn't have digital technology back then, but you still could have like mocked something yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that lever he's pulling is, I guess, the... Um, it's the throttle? Yeah, the throttle. Yeah, yes, yes. And it goes up and down, and, and he's struggling with it a little mm-hmm. bit. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it yeah. kind of sucks. Yeah, it, doesn't it does. not make sense. No. One thing I did like is how their capsule they're in, like the the command center of the rocket ship, like it like rotates mm-hmm. depending like on where they are. Oh yeah. Like when they're going to land vertically on Mars. Yeah. Like with that reverse <laughs> rocket. Yes. <laughs> um, like the ship, like the windows, you can see it like rotating outside. I thought that was kind of neat. Oh yeah. How, like yeah. their capsule is suspended and like it shifts depending on how it needs to be set. But yeah, it looks pretty bad. And especially the, you know, you got your fake planets out of the windows, just right. a big foam ball. You can oh yeah, obviously tell. Yeah, uh, Texas is a speck, and it looks terrible. <laughs> um, do you know what rocket ship XM stands for? Uh, the no. RXM. It stands for rocket ship expedition moon. Um. Okay. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> that's what they say at the press conference. The scientist just looks everyone dead in the eye and says, "Rocket ship expedition." moon and i died of laughter <laughs> it is so stupid well because the, the the delivery is such that like especially john emery as the lead guy in on the show uh-huh. he's got like quite a voice actually mm-hmm. and him and the guy who's like leading mission control uh-huh. th- their 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 performance their performances are so earnest mm-hmm. in what they're saying and that whole delivery of rocket ship expedition moon like like it belongs in another film i mean it sounds so stupid because because it's the worst acronym i've ever heard it's a stupid thing to say and it's being delivered with with like deadly seriousness Uh uh-huh yeah um so did you i like the anti-gravity effects too it was kind of neat what anti-gravity effects are we talking like just when the snickers bar is flying around belt floats around or whatever it looks kind of cool okay no that 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 was doesn't make sense because no one nothing else is floating right just whatever decides to be you know affected by gravity or not (laughs) you know just floats but yes (laughs) but it looked kind of cool they, for 1950, oh, it, it was kind of neat. And, yeah. and I, I, I was about to criticize the movie while I was taking my notes during it about like how no one is floating around because yeah. like somehow there's gravity. But like, so the seatbelt starts floating. Uh, maybe there's a candy bar in the air, and I, I realized right then they have used their effects budget to get those right. <laughs> right. So you can't have like a weightless Lloyd Bridges in 1950. Oh, it just that would have been nice. It would have been Come nice, but, but there's just no way they could do it. I know. Um, you know, because even if you were shooting it at NASA, mm-hmm. like, I'm sure that that technology was still in its infancy. Uh-huh. So they're heading towards the moon. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a meteorite storm, which is just wrong terminology in general. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and just wouldn't happen in general. True. So, uh, right, right. A meteorite <laughs> but storm. Again, we can't right. criticize this. I, yeah. Uh, but, man, they're like, oh, man, that was close. Like, what that was stupid that it doesn't that was, wasn't even exciting that was a Everyone scary just, moment right lloyd bridges like looking out a fake window like going huh, yeah huh, huh. it's a porthole yeah it's oh well and and they the, their reaction is not appropriate for what they what what just happened i mean like they if if you were well, right let's say you did go through an asteroid field uh-huh. we'll, we'll call it that and you know you you cheated death you know hundreds of times uh-huh. just in, in in the in 30 seconds and you somehow make it out of it 
you'd be like completely emotionally wrecked. Right. You know? And like, I think the text guy is even like, oh man, we barely made that. Yep. Like, I, like I they not... must have done something to save themselves. And I might not see Texas again or whatever. Okay. I mean, like he, he has to put it up, he has to get that in right, again. Yeah. And I think it's then when Lloyd Bridges, I mean, it's almost immediately after he's not reeling from this at all. He decides he's going to hit on Ona Masson. Well, yeah, you got to. Osa Mason. Osa, God, how the hell Osa... do I keep getting that wrong? Jeez. Osa Mason. No problem, dude. But yeah, he's like hitting on her. Yeah. Uh, fucking stupid I, disgusting um all right yeah. so what happens is like there's a problem with the oxygen like the fuel mixture yep and she has to recalculate the numbers and so does the the leader yeah john emery and, and their numbers don't match and of course it's the woman's who are wrong is is what they point out very firmly in this movie and i was i i was this is the one part where i i couldn't just like go uh, okay, it's the 1950s. That's how they thought, and and you know, like kind of excuse it that way. This is outrageous. He's like blaming it on her, and then she even is like kind of ashamed yes. of herself because he's saying, "Well, don't worry about it. It's because you're a woman. Yep. You can't help it." Right. Oh man, she says, "I'm sorry for what temporarily being a woman." That's the line. Yeah, temporarily being a woman. Like she's just like. Put in this corner, mm-hmm. and they don't let her out. No, and her character doesn't like overcome this. Nope, she just stays this way. And the other four guys, while this is going on, are just standing behind the the two people who are doing math at a table. Uh huh. And like we're we're told that that before they come to this uh, to to this first part of the equation, and and they compare their notes, that this is going to take about six to eight hours of I guess algebra. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. She just gets told that her her answers are wrong because she's a woman, and then these guys are going to hungrily stare at her for the next six hours <laughs> while she tries to get them out of this jam. And Lloyd Bridges is just like, "Hey, stop doing math. Let's smooch. You know, yes, base. that's what he's trying yes. to do. Let's do it. Don't you ever take a break?" He says, yeah. "God." And and I've I've written his dialogue. Down. Okay, all right, okay. all right. <laughs> um, she asks the question. Uh, so. To you, women should only cook, sew, and bear children. Uh huh. And Lloyd Bridges goes, "Isn't that enough?" Yeah. Woo. Now we are supposed to sympathize with Lloyd Bridges in this moment. Yeah. Like, like we're we're supposed to go, "Hey, you know what? He's right. That really should be enough for you, lady." Ugh. Um, like, like, because at, at first you're thinking, "Oh, okay, so they're going to give her a chance to kind of, you know, exactly um, like defend herself." Up. Yeah. Um, the, aside from that one line of, of, you know, like kind of accusing Lloyd Bridges of chauvinism, he gets the upper hand and that's how the scene ends. Yeah. It's wonderful. Great stuff. I, I, I'm just like, I'm floored by this. And, and you know, the, the main reason I'm, uh, the main reason we're harping on this probably is because we've spent our whole lives, um, seeing this stuff and accepting it and kind of not even thinking twice about it. I mean, if mm-hmm. I saw this movie when I was a kid, I, I wouldn't have known yeah. Um, like, like how wrong headed this crap is. Yeah. Um, I, I would have, I would have still, you know, probably, I like to think that I would have sympathized with, with, uh, with her, but it's possible I wouldn't have, Right. you know, that's what's so kind of just unbelievable about the situation. Yeah. And what else sucks is she's like falling for his charm. Yes, too. completely. She's like, Oh, you're right. I do work too hard on a, a first mission to Mars. Yes. Uh, um, I, I guess I shouldn't calculate these numbers. Right. I should just talk to you about walking on a beach. And I, I guess I shouldn't try to make it so that we don't die. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't worry about that too, too much, Lloyd Bridges. Thank you for opening my woman eyes. <laughs> God. Yes. 
<laughs> fuck this. Plus, and on top of that, this is Brill Cream, the motion picture. <laughs> The fucking hairdos in this movie. I, I, I'm, I'm watching every one of these guys. Uh, you look, none of you look good. Oh man. Uh, nah, I don't know. <laughs> 1950s standards. Man, yes, I know. Anyway, so they accidentally go to Mars mm-hmm. instead of the moon. Uh, <laughs> how does this happen? Okay, let, 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 let's try to let's Something, try to figure this out. Okay, like, I know the fuel messes up, and then there's like they try to accelerate, and it like the fuel mixture was wrong. I don't think they blame it on the woman. It was actually, they used the man's numbers. Yeah. And it was wrong. Yeah. So I guess that's another half point to womankind. Sure. uh, For this movie. (laughs) She's up to one. Jeez. Yeah. (laughs) Don't worry. They'll they'll deduct plenty more. Of course. uh, Yes. (laughs) Dude. So like it blasts them off course Uh unexpectedly. And then I guess they wind up at Mars in a couple, couple hours. Maybe we'll let's just try and do like um, not the complicated math that we're told they're doing, but the moon is two hundred thirty nine thousand miles from Earth. Oh yeah, well, we all know it takes longer to get to Mars. <laughs> Mars is thirty four million miles from Earth <laughs> at its closest point. H- how does veering off course exponentially increase your fuel for the journey? I mean, I, I don't know. I, they... I, I don't know. I and it's never explained. I don't know. It, does, it doesn't that's matter. How, that's not how math works. You, you can't make like more th- more fuel because you, you didn't carry the one. But this again is that we can't criticize it in hindsight. No. Like they don't no. know what they're doing. True. Like, none of this is... I mean, I guess they do math existed. Yes. You can't like just make stuff up. <laughs> right. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, Copernicus knew what these distances were and that was 400 years before that. <laughs> I don't think the the screenwriter knew who Copernicus was. <laughs> that, you're right. Especially in 1950. They're probably trying to suppress that a little still. Fair enough, right. Um, but anyway, um, Osa Mason tries to warn them like the fuel mixture's wrong, and then they say, what, woman's intuition again? <laughs> so there's there there go the points. Oh, um, my God. So they find Mars, and they're like, oh, yes, we must explore. Uh, and they <laughs> land in a thunderstorm on Mars, which... <laughs> We knew <laughs> that there was no activity on Mars at this point. We had to. Yeah, we, we did. There's know no that. way we. Right. Anyway, they land in a thunderstorm, <laughs> take a rest, and then they uh, go out on an expedition. And this is like they're, they're like just walking through the deserts of Mars for like 20 minutes. Yeah, it's kind of boring. Nothing's it's, happening it's here. Really, really boring. Oh, but yeah, Tex is walking around with that rifle though, so that's pretty sweet. <laughs> they're out here in jeans they're yeah. just walking around it's, like, it's, it's literally <laughs> jeans boots bomber jackets and and some and like a couple a, of them have coveralls and a little gas mask and yeah they're on wearing, their nose and their mouth not the eyes because they have like bandanas around their head like like bank robbers <laughs> in a western and and then they have the gas mask over top of that and that's their protection mm-hmm. um the couple of them have like hats on i mean like a baseball cap uh-huh. or like a captain's hat yeah and tex is walking around with them and he's a uh, He's got the rifle, and he's like, God, this is so boring. Yeah. You're on Mars. You're bored? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> he's like, when are we going to see one of them Martians? <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, dude, he just wants to shoot a Martian. That's all he wants to do. You have landed on another planet, <laughs> and you're bored. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. Unless there's a Texas on Mars. This guy doesn't care. No, no, exactly. His beloved Texas, he, which he, which he, you know, mischaracterizes at every turn. Yeah. 
Jeez. So they find downtown Dallas eventually. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, yeah, they do. They right? find the, like these destroyed structures, and they immediately know that they destroyed themselves from nuclear war somehow. Oh, that's true. Yeah, right, yeah. Right, they, right. Just, they just automatically assume, you know what? Well, they detect radiation and see a destroyed building and assume the whole society destroyed themselves. True. Much right. like Earth might. Yes. Yes. Um, I read this is the first movie to address this issue actually oh was it okay yeah. or maybe the first one of the first uh well, good good for them yeah so congratulations right right <laughs> i also heard this is the first movie that they went to space in or something like that or they were going to the moon or oh, something okay uh there was a big war between this other movie destination moon mm-hmm. uh they were like trying to get their movies out first to be the first movie going to the moon or something wow <laughs> it was a big war in 1950 Gee. um but <laughs> so now they they know everything they need to know about Mars, apparently, mm. I, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All, all yeah. knowledge of Mars has yeah. now been proper. Now we can take this and we can save Earth. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's when they, they, they take shelter in this cave uh, because they're going into this what looks like an old building yeah. that's been kind of uh, bombed out and everything. And that's when they... one of their, They're all sleeping and like one of them is keeping watch. I think it's the hunk. Yeah. Um, and he sees some people come down in the distance. They're like out on this yeah, ridge. Yeah. They look humanoid. Very primitive looking humanoids. Right. Kind of cave dwellers or whatever. Yeah. And he tries to wake everybody up and they the the enemies all run away, but they The enemies. Yes. 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 <laughs> and uh he finally does get everybody kind of rouse everyone and and then the the, the Martians come back mm-hmm. and all of that theory that he had, that John Emery had about about their situation, about how they they had built this very advanced society and they destroyed themselves. It turns out he was right because mm-hmm. the the Martians are like they have radiation scarring. Mm-hmm. They're kind of disfigured, and so yeah, you know, I I, I guess I guess he, yeah, he 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 was totally he proven was right. right. Uh, you yeah. know, what my favorite line in the movie is okay. He looks at him and he goes, "Atomic age." To Stone Age. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's my favorite line in the movie. <laughs> yes, um, because it's, again, said with, with such force. Yeah, yeah he, he sort of deliciously delivers this uh-huh. line. Yeah, it's, it's just, he takes it too seriously, I yeah. guess. Yeah, he does. Which sucks. I mean, you want your actors to take everything they do seriously. Right. But the, the everything else about this film doesn't match that seriousness at all. Well, and it's, I guess the, the reason it comes off the way it does is maybe because both the actors and the writers, the creators of the film, they truly think they're saying something yeah. with this material. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess they, they just weren't, I guess, aware enough to know that, that what they were selling, while while the overall philosophy is sound, it's just the delivery of it is... is yeah, the, the director, Kurt Newman, yeah. has he done... Anything I think good. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know I, the name. Unfortunately, I don't know who Kurt Newman is. Yeah, um, I, I don't I'm not, either. I'm not a, you know. You're not a Kurt Newman head? No, I, unfortunately, not. no. And I hope he didn't make masterpieces down the road that, oh my I'm, God. that I'm, you know, He did forgetting. The Fly in 1958. All right. Wow, so there you go. But yeah, he did The Fly. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. Well, whatever. Good, well, good for C- Kurt Newman. C- congratulations, yeah, well, Kurt Newman. He, his, his career got Eight better. Eight years later, he did The Fly. Fine. Uh, so now uh, the Martians start killing, I think they kill Tex. Yes. Okay. Um. Is is Tex has the rifle, right? Yeah, he has the rifle. Do you recall when he's running away from the Martians, his firing style of this rifle? 
<laughs> I do not recall. What's okay. he doing? <laughs> he is he is running away from these Martians who are chasing him. Mm-hmm. He will periodically, every like fifty feet, turn around and not aim. Like fire it, from the hip. Fire from the hip. Like it, it, in <laughs> in the most. I don't even know what this method is. It's not even like a Wild West show, like like where, where they're kind of like, uh, you know, uh, pointing the guns and like having it be an extension yeah, of their arm. Right. He's not even moving his arm. He just puts the gun up, like, and it's a rifle, mind you. So you have to aim this thing. Fires uh-huh. fires one bullet and then turns around and runs away again. Like the chances of anyone being hit with this gunfire. Oh yeah. Um, he's like the butler unexpectedly pulling a gun out behind you, like. But yes, okay. That 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 would be fair if you were six feet away from somebody and you yeah. were a butler. And it's not a rifle. Rifles oh. are designed for range. They're not designed to just they're des- pop them off real quick. Yes, yes. You you can't do it. This ain't a machine gun. No, and and even if he had a machine gun and he fired sixteen bullets at once, you still have to aim. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't understand what what his what his like th- what what his methodology is for, uh, for 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 firing this weapon. And he's from Texas. He keeps does telling he, us he's from Texas. He doesn't and know how to a, shoot a rifle, and he's from Texas. He's all man. Come on, you know. Uh, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then at this point, they kill the doctor, dude. Like the leader of the Martians throws like a tomahawk. And it hits the doctor in the back. It's like this Mad Max boomerang. It's amazing. Oh, okay, okay, all right. I, I, <laughs> the video quality is pretty poor, but yeah. I, how did I miss this? I don't know. I, I don't know. It's not a very well done sequence. Oh, but you oh, see okay. the guy throw it, and then it like cuts. Oh, and, and then uh, oh, Lloyd yeah. Bridges and Osa Mason are like, right. Oh, we got to save them. And then the doctor's kind of walking towards him, and he stumbles and falls down dead. Okay. Uh, and then he gives like his last words of like, "We must get back to Earth and." Warn them of atomic, you know. Yeah, <laughs> we, we can't destroy ourselves. Right, I don't know. Right, it's stupid. <laughs> but yeah, he's got this big freaking boomerang in his back. Okay, it's awesome. Now, <laughs> d- d- I I was mixing it up with with what has actually is my favorite effect in the movie. Okay, which is when the Martian hits that dude with the boulder. Oh, that's great. It's actually kind of good. It's good. I like you it know, a lot. Um, it's they, shot and framed very well. They even. hit the hunk with it. Yeah, the hunk. That's the that's hunk who goes gets down. hit with a huge boulder. Right. And it looks like he dies. And then Osa Mason and Lloyd Bridges run back to the rocket ship to leave. Yeah. But then the hunk is in the rocket ship with them bandaged up. So they didn't pick I, him up. I don't up even and know what happened here. We, we don't see them pick him I, up. And I don't like, remember you know, seeing them pick him up or no. anything. I thought he was dead. So did I. In my notes, I wrote down, sweet, they killed him with a boulder. Yeah, I know. Right. And then he's there with his shirt off. <laughs> And his, his arm's in a sling, and that's it. He looks like Hicks at the end of Alien. Yeah, right. It's... Fuck. It's illogical. I'm starting to get worn out oh, from this. Movies this, like this... this movie. m- movies like this are so taxing on us, because, like, I don't know how to... I don't know how to analyze and go scene by scene of this stuff. We, I mean... You can't. No. And we end up taking, like, like 20 minutes of just going, oh, this is stupid. This is stupid. <laughs> and and I... It makes our show bad, actually. It... Yeah, it kind of does. It, it, I oh, it's so, really hard. Um, I hate what they do with the Martians. Like, they're supposed to be like a warning to us, you know. Yeah. Like, but they they're trying to have like some kind of sympathy towards them too. Like, oh man, look what happened to their society. This yes. is tragic. But then they're also making them the enemy, also in a way, like like the other. I know, you know, like right. we must destroy them. Right. Like right. It, you can't have it both ways. No. Like, you can't feel sympathy for them and want to destroy them because you hate them. True. It 
it's really stupid. You can't have it both ways. If if the movie was like, I guess, uh, better plotted that way, then Osa Mason would like, you know, get in between like the invading army and her compatriots and go. There you go. Uh, here we are, and, and she she would like communicate with them and like we we will help you rebuild your society and and you will take us in and we will you know create a utopia on Mars and. <sighs> Um, okay. Yeah. You just fixed I, it. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, it doesn't excuse what happens. No, certainly not. But it, no, it redeems no. the the only woman in the movie. Yeah, of course. And it, and it gives her the, the most sympathetic character as she should have been. Yeah. You know, but, but she's not. No, of course um, not. Who is the most sympathetic character in the movie? <laughs> not since you bring it up. Um, <laughs> the, Lloyd, are we supposed to sympathize with Lloyd Bridges? We're supposed to. Like, yeah. That, because he's, he's an all American Joe. Who is uh, who can do anything? He's a he's a jamming it and get it done kind of. Yes, you know, he is. He's a Han Solo. Yes. Man. Um, and I mean, like th- that. That's that's who we're supposed to not maybe not sympathize with, but definitely identify with. Like, yeah. like you know, he he he's a he's a man of action, and he he gets the job done. Um, even though what what when they're trying to portray that, they're they're giving us all this material that that. I guess any thinking person would have the opposite reaction to. I mean, at one point, um, they're they're saying reduce power. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's on it's on the way back from Mars, and he just like his his idea of reducing power is just to pull that lever. Uh huh. That's how they got to Mars in the first place was that he couldn't pull that lever. Uh, yeah. So it's like <laughs> I, what what is what I uh, it's dumb it's inexplicable. I mean, it's, it yeah. doesn't matter. No, no. But uh, so they have to go back to Earth and they realize they don't have enough fuel to make it back for a landing. How does that work exactly? I don't know. They land in <laughs> Nova Scotia is what was what we're told. They crash land. But how do you have not enough fuel for a crash landing? No, they don't have enough fuel to land safely. Well, I, I, <laughs> but but couldn't you just crash land and hope for the best? I mean, like like well, crash yeah, into, the, into like a snow do. Oh, OK. Yeah, that's true. Uh you know the original title for this movie was "None Make It Back." <laughs> I, I swear serious? to God, I'm serious. Are you I serious? looked at that's on IMDb trivia, and they changed the title because it gave away the ending. It sure does. Yeah, yeah that's that's true. <laughs> John Wayne is racist. Well, <laughs> that that's most of his movies actually gives it away. Um, that's way better than the other times. <laughs> yes. yes, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but they have enough fuel to get close to Earth and crash into Earth. And they, they radio Earth while they're uh, right before they crash. Hey, stop nuclear war. It's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That's uh-huh. all. Okay, we saved the day. Let's crash and confess our love to each other, Osa Mason and Lloyd Bridges, and live happily ever after for about 30 seconds. And She comes yeah. around. She's like, I wish I met you a hundred years ago. And thank you for yeah. making me take it easy. Thank you for making me like 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 figure out oh, how yeah. to relax and... Thank, um, thanks, man. Yes, thanks for, for, for figuring me out because yes, I'm a woman yes. who, who doesn't know anything. Even though I'm in a field dominated by men, and I have to be three times as good as they are for me to even get halfway noticed. Thank you for for allowing me to. Uh, thank you for wanting to touch my body. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I, I l- let let's hear it for this all American man. Yeah. Um. I'm glad you die. I am glad you die, Lloyd Bridges. Me too. I'm glad everyone died. Except <laughs> Osa Mason, because she didn't deserve this. She, if no. she was on a rocket ship with four other women, this would have been the best expedition ever made. No no doubt about it. 
Every week, Dave. <laughs> every week we talk about this. I don't get it. You know what? Did you see that thing going around on the internet? Someone took out all the men from Saving Private Ryan. Oh. And showed what the war would be like. Okay. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Oh, I gotta check this out. Yeah. <laughs> just nothing. Nothing's happening. Right. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. So that's the end of the movie, and I guess the the commander on Earth is like, oh now 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 we've learned all we need to know, and we're gonna but we're gonna make a rocket ship XM two. Yes, yeah. uh, be- because like the the investors and the other people at NASA come in and they say, so we must uh, you know determine oh. that that because everyone died that, that this mission was a failure. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and the the program is done. He counters with you know. Uh, no, absolutely not. Now, now we understand that space travel is not only a possibility, but it's mm-hmm. you know it's something we have to keep going toward. And right. Um. And so, rocket ship XM two is now under construction as of now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. Good. I'm glad they didn't make a second movie. But uh. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a backdoor sequel setup at the end, certainly. But but I mean. I, I, well, if that sort of thing was actually happening in 1950, I don't know if that's yeah. how the business was going. Were there sequels at all back then? There, there kind of were, like pseudo sequels. Yeah, but, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but nothing. I, yeah, maybe not like part two, part you, three. You didn't have like yeah, Rocky Five. No, you know, right? No. Yeah, you didn't have that stuff. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's the movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's this thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to say about really any of this. Um, it's, it's so, <sighs> we can't even talk about it. It's hard to talk about this. The, so much the words of, are evading us. And the, the words evade us, you know, kind of, kind of regularly. I mean, when we're trying to make a point and also trying to be, you know, I guess, uh, uh, eloquent while we do so. But in this case, like words truly just don't come to mind. You could pretty much just say this movie sucks. You could. Yeah. And it would be a true statement. <laughs> but 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 like to to explain why it's so true. <laughs> but to explain why it sucks, and not just because of bad special effects. I can watch a movie with bad special effects all day long. Oh yeah, I don't care about bad special effects. Mm-hmm. But the, the it's it's the it, it's it's really an uh, an unintentional referendum on how people thought in those days. Mm-hmm. It's it's quite fascinating to watch. Yeah, that that we could even talk like this yeah or think like this i can't even like it's just some of the most awful stuff mm-hmm. we've, we've watched movies this month that have the terrible things in it yes but this could be the worst stuff People because they know. don't realize no. how wrong-headed it is right they think it's okay yep. like you said we're supposed to sympathize with the guy who just wants to have sex mm-hmm. with the smartest and most capable person on the ship right and on top of that it's someone I've admired Lloyd Bridges in stuff. I love him. You know, I, I, I like his comedy stuff the best. I mean, he's really good in Airplane. Um, yeah, he's and his dramatic work. I mean, he's really good in Roots. Uh huh. Um, I just watched a movie last night with him. Oh, a you Walk did? in the Sun. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, right. Lewis Milestone. Yeah. Uh, from nineteen forty three, I mm-hmm. think. Pretty good. He's yeah. good in that. He's he's really great in High Noon. One yeah. year after this. Uh huh. Um, he, he's he's a really good actor, mm-hmm. and so are his sons. Yeah. Um, and. Like to, to, to know that, that he, it, it pains me to know that, that he looked at this script. Number one, decided <laughs> this is for me. Number two, he didn't look at it and go, um, let's see, uh, Kurt, could we maybe change some of this dialogue? 
Could, could I have? Could I not have to say this? I don't know. You know, I, I, I'm. I would bet that Lloyd Bridges kind of probably thought this way himself I, at the I, time, that, that, and that, yeah. that's that's what I mean. That that yeah. that's what's really like tearing me up is is that someone who I, someone whose work I've really enjoyed, yeah, uh, like actually thought this way. My favorite Hot Shots part, duh. Yeah. That's my favorite. <laughs> just, <laughs> so funny. Because just like Leslie Nielsen, he had this second career. Yep. Where he yep. was he was in screwball comedies. Yeah. And, you know, it, it really worked. Speaking of airplane. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Match up. That's right. So anything else? I, I think we've exhausted this one. I, I feel so sorry for our listeners. <laughs> you know, that the, the, the they... Well, I, I, they wanted us to do this. Well, Drew did. Well, yeah. I... I and and that's the thing, like like I I just I just want so bad to to be able to uh, you know uh, analyze a movie in a, in a really interesting way. And unfortunately, when the movie is this uninteresting, it's just impossible to do so. And and that sucks. At least there was some meat here to talk about. Yes. So that's good. Right. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So would you recommend this movie, Dave? Oh my God. I I, I no. Th- <laughs> absolutely not. This is one of the worst movies we've ever done. I thought that that because it was from 1950 and it was a science fiction uh, film that that we would like at least get to enjoy to to enjoy it on a really base level and we could go oh we we can see how if they'd made this movie today how it would have been like different this way they yeah. put this there but no no this this movie's terrible okay one star yeah but one star okay yeah I'd agree one star uh-huh. I said it was better than I expected, uh-huh. which it was, but it's still one star. Yeah. <laughs> That's how bad this movie is. Yes. <laughs> uh, nothing good about it. Right. W- one thing I thought was awesome, though, is Lloyd Bridges' character, his name was Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> and so you got Floyd and Lloyd, and that those are the names of my twin grandpas. Floyd and Lloyd. I didn't so know I was that. like, hey, oh, this wow. is pretty neat. Okay, all right. One yeah. star. <laughs> all right, so that wraps things up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe in iTunes. <laughs> Rate it, review it, and most of all, share it. It gets more dudes listening to the dudes. And if you don't use iTunes, find us anywhere else. You get a podcast or go to dudesonmovies.com and find anything you need right there. Yeah, and we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Look for Dudes on Movies. And our email address is dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Yes, and our voicemail. Remember this, folks. 304-804-DUDE. Mm-hmm. Call in with your response for the question of the week. What is it, Dave? Uh, question of the week. What is your favorite science fiction movie from the 50s? Yeah, and why is it your favorite? Yes. Always always why. That's implied. Come right. on, explain. Show your work, please. <laughs> uh, so yeah, call in 304-804-DUDE and let us know. We're going to do the week, the monthly uh, response show, so, so get them in. Yep. Uh, next week, stay tuned. We're doing 1995's The Celluloid Closet, directed by Jeffrey Friedman and Robert Epstein. So until next week, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time. Next time.